And welcome back to the 49er Way podcast. I'm your host, Jay Sahoda, and hope everyone had a great weekend. And for those who celebrated Thanksgiving, hope you had a good and safe Thanksgiving weekend. And with that being said, happy December, football fans. That's right. It's December 1st already. It still feels like it was just week one yesterday. And now all of a sudden we're heading into week 13. Unbelievable stuff. But December football, it's always fun. It's probably one of the best months of the NFL season. I know January football is a ton of fun with the playoffs and all that. But December football gets kind of crazy too. And you know, it's when the wild card race starts heating up. The divisional races start getting kind of crazy. And especially this year with the another an added playoff spot into things the seventh seed has just created so much more drama and I can't wait for these final five weeks it's going to be nuts there's six teams in the playoff hunt in the AFC for those three wild card spots same goes for the NFC things are heating up a little bit in the NFC now and of course the NFC least all four teams are still well in it heading into these final five weeks I can't wait it's going to be a pretty entertaining final five weeks of the NFL regular season but Having said that, many people didn't think we would be here. No, not many people thought we would even get this far into the regular season. Not a lot of people thought we were even going to have a season. So the fact that we are here today, the NFL overall has done a pretty good job putting in the protocols in place and the fact that football has been able to being played and especially have gotten to week 13. It's it's pretty remarkable what they've been able to do. Having said that, that does not mean the road has been smooth by any means necessary. It has been a bumpy road. A lot of players have gone on the COVID list and a lot of schedule changes have happened. And of course, we'll get to that more later on in this episode. But it it has not been pretty in terms of competition wise and the COVID list, the amount of players that have had to go on it with schedule changes. I mean, at the end of the day, we all knew this season was going to be different. But Roger Goodell, he's done a good job, but he also has looked really unorganized at times. Having said that, I would hope that Roger Goodell is planning a bubble scenario for the playoffs because at this point, it just doesn't look very feasible to host playoff games because at the end of the day, I do not want to see a Super Bowl of backup quarterbacks. I want to see Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Ben Roethlisberger. I want I want to see this. Everyone wants to see the starting quarterbacks or the starters in those meaningful games. I, w- I would hate to see backups having to be played, but that's kind of how it's gone so far. And my goodness, if I'm a Denver Broncos fan, oh my God, I am really upset after this past weekend. And we'll talk more about that later on in this episode. Of course, to today's episode. On today's episode, we'll recap the 49ers' huge win over the LA Rams. Gotta get fired up over that. And of course, we will go over the rest of week 12 around the NFL and crown this week's weekly award winners. Well, let's start today's episode by, of course, Starting with those 49ers coming off a bye week, had a meeting with the Los Angeles Rams at that new beautiful SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. This was a big game. The Niners were 4-6 and six coming in. The Rams are coming in hot after two big wins against Seattle and Tampa. You know, it was going to be tough, right? Nick Mullins really needed to be on his game. The good news was the Niners were getting healthy going into this game. Richard Sherman came back. Raheem Mostert came back. Jeff Wilson And a couple guys came off the COVID list. Not everybody. They missed some guys. But the Niners came out and played fantastic. The Niners upset the Rams 23-20 in a must-win divisional game. 
the Niners have now swept the Rams for the second year straight and have won four in a row over Sean McVay and the Rams. I mean, it's 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 amazing stuff. And overall, this was a very gritty and resilient win. And with all that has gone on with this football team all season, injury-wise, COVID-wise, and now, of course, the most recent news is the 49ers can't play at Levi Stadium for the next two weeks because the Santa Clara County tightened the restrictions for the coronavirus and they're not allowing any full contact sports to being played in Santa Clara for the next three weeks. So the Niners, who have two upcoming home games, cannot play there. They will be relocating to Arizona and will play in the Cardinal Stadium for the next two weeks. It's been crazy. And even worse, the 49ers didn't find that out until they were boarding the plane on their way to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Unbelievable stuff. Kyle Shanahan described it as blindsided. But yet, with all of that, this team still came out and played the way that they did against a very quality opponent and basically just straight up knocked their teeth out. It was it was amazing to watch. The O-line was great for the most part. Aaron Donald did have his way in the second half, but the Niners overall, it's that not defense. Oh my goodness. Four turnovers on the day. The defensive line for the second straight game was really, really good. Everyone was fantastic. The secondary was great with Richard Sherman coming back. I mean, you just couldn't say enough about the way that Robert Sala's guys played up front. And obviously on the offense, welcoming back Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel, Jeff Wilson, and Trent Williams. I mean, boy, did that help. I mean, it was just an unbelievable game. And the Niners are right back into things now. They're 5-6. and six. They're one game behind the Cardinals because they fell to the Patriots. And just like that, the Niners aren't dead anymore and we're not talking about draft picks. So let's go on to some team notes here real quick. 18 first downs, 4 more than the Rams on the day. It was a slugfest for a majority of the afternoon, but the Niners were able to make it count and they got big plays. Debo Samuel, when they needed a big play, it was Debo that was coming up with a big play for San Francisco. And Nick Mullins, he made some great throws on the day as well. 3 for 14 on third downs. The Niners are going to need to get a lot better on that note. 1 for 1 on fourth down, and my goodness, was it a huge fourth down pickup late in the game. Kyle check right down the middle on a fourth and 1. They needed that first down to get a closer look at Robbie Gold to get a field goal to win the game, and they did just that. Awesome stuff there. 115 rushing yards. Like I said, getting Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson back was massive for this football team in the run game. 233 passing yards. Debo Samuel was unbelievable. But Nick Mullins made the throws when he needed to make a throw. And I think getting Debo back significantly helped. But Jordan Reed came up with a few plays. Kendrick Bourne came up with a few plays. Richie James made a big play. Overall, it was just a really good job by Nick Mullins, and it was a it was a clutch performance. It wasn't an amazing performance, but it was a clutch performance. And more importantly, he only turned the ball over once, and that was on a tipped ball. So you got to give them a lot of credit there. The Niners turned the ball over three times, though. They got to take much better care of the football. Jeff Wilson had one, Raheem Mostert had one, and of course, Nick Mullins threw an interception, but it wasn't really his fault. That was all Aaron Donald on that play. But the good news is, the Niners turned the ball over three times, but they forced four turnovers. Unbelievable job by the defense. Two sacks, five penalties. Got to clean that up. And time of possession, 34 minutes to 25 minutes. The Niners controlled the clock. They won the time of possession. 
that's what that's what you want to do when especially when you're playing an opponent like the Rams with a fantastic play caller and Sean McVay you want to keep that offense off the field but that's not really how it was it was the Niners defense just flat out had their way against our Rams offense it was a fantastic outing on some individual notes we talked about Nick Mullins 24 for 35 252 yards no touchdown passes and one interception that wasn't really his fault this was one of the better games that Nick Mullins has had not even just this season but I think throughout his entire career as the 49ers backup quarterback when he has had to come in for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. He he has done very well most times. He has looked really bad at some times, but Nick Mullins has looked really good at some points. And if the 49ers want any part at making this, you know, a close playoff push down the stretch here, the Niners are going to need that Nick Mullins that played on Sunday against the Rams going forward. I mean, he made some amazing plays, and I'll point out one specific play. I believe it was late in the second half where Aaron Donald and that D-line had him wrapped up and Mullins got out of it, scrambled out, and threw an amazing pass to Kendrick Bourne. And I believe, yes, that was at the end of the half because that led to the Robbie Gold field goal, which he missed before the end of the half. It was an incredible play by Nick Mullins to get away from the Rams D-line to scramble out and then make the throw on the run. Just an incredible job. I, I really hope that this Mullins is here to stay because... The Niners need that quarterback play really badly without Jimmy Garoppolo. Raheem Mostert, getting him back was huge. He didn't have a huge day, but he had the only offensive touchdown for the Niners on the day. That one fumble, definitely got to take care of the ball better. Same went for Jeff Wilson, 12 carries for 43 yards. Getting Jeff Wilson back was great. I really liked that Kyle Shanahan had the balanced rushing attack with Wilson and Mostert. Really helped a lot. Jarek McKinnon came in on third downs, which I really like because... I like Jarek McKinnon, but as I have said multiple times on past episodes, he is just not a workhorse. He is not a guy that you can feed the ball, you know, 20 carries a game. And I like the way that Kyle Shanahan utilized the running backs a lot differently in this game. And having said that, he had the opportunity to because he had Wilson and Mostert at his disposal. Kyle Juszczyk got in and out of the game. They gave him a few rushes, came up with that big fourth down carry. They also had a nice pass to him as well in the game as well. But let's just take a minute and admire the game that Debo Samuel had. 11 catches, 133 yards. He came back. He hasn't played since week seven against the Patriots. What an unbelievable game by number 19. When the 49ers needed a play, it was Debo Samuel. This guy is so quick, so physical. Him and George Kittle are like the same person. It's unbelievable when he gets the ball and what he can do when he has space is incredible. And one guy cannot take him down. You need multiple guys to take him down. It was an incredible effort by Debo Samuel. And I mean, the the only word I can use to define that was clutch. Debo Samuel was super clutch in that game. Awesome job for Debo. Robbie Gold hit the game-winning field goal. He was 3-4 on the day. Typical Robbie Gold, money as always. But how about this defense? Jimmy Ward was all over the field, had four tackles, but two forced fumbles. I mean, you just can't say enough about him. On the on the air, they were Greg Jennings was calling Jimmy Ward the eraser. I love it. That was probably one of Jimmy Ward's best games. And when I was watching this game, it reminded me a lot of last year's game against the Rams in 
early on in the season when the Niners went to LA and won that game. Jimmy Ward had a phenomenal game in that one too. That's why this game kind of reminded me of that. But Jimmy Ward, I mean, we're going to need that Jimmy Ward down the stretch. That was fantastic. Javon Kinlaw. I mean, how about Javon Kinlaw? A pick six in this game. He just seems to be getting better by the week. I mean, the Saints game, I feel like he really came alive. His presence was definitely being felt. And then in this game, he just kept it up. And the whole the whole defense, Kerry Hyder was great. Eric Armstead was great. Kevin Givens was awesome. It was a great team effort. And then lastly, Richard Sherman. I mean, you know, we weren't really sure what we were going to get with Richard Sherman coming back from a calf injury. Are we going to get the same Richard Sherman? Is it going to be a little bit rusty? It was the same Richard Sherman that we all know him to be. Came out, led the team in tackles, had an interception. I mean, that's just typical Richard Sherman. I mean, that's the caliber of player that you're getting. Richard Sherman is a future Hall of Famer. And the fact that he missed, what was it, nine nine games that he missed, and for him to just come back and play the way that he did, I mean, that just goes to show you that, you know, Richard Sherman is not just anyone. He is... He is a really, really big part and a significant part of this football team. And I I think after that performance, knowing that Richard Sherman is not slowing down anytime soon, if I'm John Lynch, I am drawing up a two-year contract for Richard Sherman at the end of this year. So with that, the 49ers are now 5-6 and six in the thick of things in the wildcard race. And next week, it will be no pushover. The Niners will host, well, kind of host, as of course the game will be in Arizona, not in San Francisco Against the Buffalo Bills, who are 8-3. and three, And the Bills are no pushover. They are no easy opponents. And this is a game that I circled on this schedule as a game where the D-line needs to step up. I think it's no secret that the Niners' defense struggles against mobile quarterbacks. Josh Allen is very good on the run. If the Niners want any shot at winning this game, you have got to contain Josh Allen. Make him throw the football. Because after what I saw on Sunday with this secondary, I would bet on a quarterback throwing the football rather than running. Because with Richard Sherman back, the way Jason Verrett's playing and Emmanuel Mosley and Jimmy Ward, I would have no problem with them throwing the football. And their best receiver, Stephon Diggs, the Niners shut him down last year in the playoffs. I think that's what they got to do. They got to contain Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a great young player up and coming. But man, if you let him run, that's going to be trouble for the 49ers. But Josh Allen's not the only guy they got to stop on the run. They got a nice tandem in the backfield with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. The Niners have definitely got to stop the run. If they can stop the run, they will have a chance in this game. It's very similar to the Rams game. The Rams are also a run-first team. And they only got the run game going until Cam Akers had that huge run late in the third quarter. Before that, the, the Niners were, were humbling the Rams and their run game. They were getting nothing. If the Niners can do that against Buffalo and force them to throw the football, I think the Niners will have a good shot at winning this football game. I really do. Like I talked about, Richard Sherman versus Stephon Diggs. I love that matchup. Even if you put Jason Verrett on Stephon Diggs, I love that matchup. I think I would really bet against the Niners secondary. I wouldn't. They're playing great football right now. And I think this is the first time in, in years since maybe the Harbaugh years that I can sit up here and confidently say that this Niners secondary is no joke. They are really good, and I think we all knew that once Richard Sherman came back, we're like, okay, this this secondary is going to be a lot better, and the last time they played the Rams was probably the best game that they've played all year, that secondary, and especially without Joukowsky-Tart, 
you got Tarverius Moore out there who's playing great football. And I don't think Joukowsky Tart's going to be back next year because he's very injury prone. And if Tavarius Moore keeps this up, there, there's really no need to bring Joukowsky Tart back. Richard Sherman's playing at an elite level still. Jason Verrett's playing at a very high level when he's healthy. I, I really like what the secondary is doing right now and what Robert Saul is doing. Of course, we talk about the last year for some of these 49ers. This could be the last year we have Robert Saul as, as our defensive coordinator. He's making a phenomenal case. And of course, the hot topic this week has been there's an opening in Detroit. And Robert Sala might be a candidate for the for the Detroit Lions. Now keep it rolling with the keys to this game against the Buffalo Bills. Limit the turnovers and the penalties. Of course, the Niners cannot turn the ball over as much as they did against the Rams. If they do that, they'll have a good shot on this game. And lastly, get the ball to your playmakers. That's what worked on Sunday. You got to do it again. And the good news is they, they should be getting Brandon Ayuk back. That's just one added weapon to Kyle Shanahan in this offense. Oh, man. I mean, this this is what we wanted. I know a lot of people wanted the Niners to tank and get a you know an early draft pick. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, this year has just been crazy. Not even just football-wise, just in general. We all know what this year has brought to all of us. But, I mean... I personally wanted the Niners to make things interesting down the stretch and beating the Rams right out of the bye week. That was a great start because now this team's got momentum. They got confidence that they can do it. And we'll see the the Buffalo Bills. Like I said, they're, they're no joke. When they've played the NFC West this year, they beat the Rams pretty good. They crushed Seattle. They should have beaten Arizona if it wasn't for a, you know, a disaster at the end of that game, giving up that Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. And now they play the 49ers who are coming off a big win against the Rams. This is going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. It's on Monday night. Obviously, not at Levi's Stadium, which sucks, but it is what it is. Going to be great. Buffalo 49ers. Monday night football. Going to be good. It's a big game for these Niners. Let's see if they can keep that up. On to the rest of the NFL heading into week or Heading into week 13 from week 12. We start with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, which obviously... They haven't played yet. They will play on Wednesday night. The game has been postponed three times. It was originally supposed to be Thanksgiving night. Then it got moved to Sunday afternoon. Then Tuesday night. And now it's Wednesday afternoon. Things have been kind of crazy. I know they've gotten a lot of slack for postponing this game. The Ravens and the Steelers both have COVID-19 outbreaks. Having said that, here's why there has been a lot of bad bad feedback and, and... stuff about the Steelers-Ravens game being postponed because the Denver Broncos had to play a game without a starting quarterback. I mean, that's absurd. And of course, we all know what the 49ers had to endure back in week nine when they played the Packers. I just don't understand why they couldn't postpone any of those other games. Uh, you know, I don't care about, you know, the the virus spreading and, and all of that stuff. You know, if it's the people that had it have to isolate and whatever it is. But at the end of the day, if your team doesn't have a quarterback and that's the most important position in football, why make them play? I mean, it just makes no sense. Just postpone it a few days. If you can postpone the Ravens Steelers to Wednesday, why not postpone the Broncos Saints to Wednesday? It makes no sense to me. I I just I don't know at the end of the day, and especially for the 49ers who were on prime time that week too to go out there and play their preseason week 4 starting lineup. I mean, my goodness, it was it's just a joke. But yes, the Steelers and Ravens, they will play Wednesday afternoon. 
on to some actual results from Week 12. And we start with Thanksgiving. The Houston Texans went into Detroit and destroyed the Lions. 41-25, Deshaun Watson torched the Lions defense all afternoon. Will Fuller had a career day and then followed up that career day by announcing he will be suspended for the remaining of the season for violating a PED policy. The Houston Texans look pretty good without Bill O'Brien. They do. I mean, they're, they're still out of it. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But the Texans look good. As for the Detroit Lions, oh Lord, I mean, they didn't look very good. The good news is for Lions fans, it might have been, Thanksgiving might have been a win after all because Matt Patricia was fired shortly after the Thanksgiving game, only 13 wins in his young career as the Lions head coach. So at the end of the day, I think it was probably a win for the Detroit Lions fans. Matt Patricia was awful. I'm not going to, you know, beat around the bush here. I was not a fan of him. I was a fan of him when he was with New England. I was not a fan of him when he went to Detroit. I thought the Lions were not good. This is a good team and he wasted a good roster. Let's hope the Lions bring in a good coach and they can turn things around there for the Lions. On to the other game on Thanksgiving. The Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys played on Thanksgiving and the Washington football team destroyed the Cowboys on Thanksgiving 41 to 16 Washington ran the ball down Dallas's throats all afternoon and won with their defense Washington is now tied atop the NFC East with the New York Giants and the Cowboys sit alone with the NFC's worst record crazy stuff there the Tennessee Titans took on the Indianapolis Colts in their second meeting in the season and my oh my Derek Henry is heating up. You know December is Derrick Henry time. I mean, my lord. 178 yards and three touchdowns en route to a 45-26 to blowout over the Colts. The Titans reclaim first place in the AFC South. The Colts go from the four seed and drop all the way to the seven seed in the AFC. The New England Patriots upset the Arizona Cardinals at home 20-17 at the buzzer on a game-winning field goal, handing the Cardinals their third loss in their last four games. The Cardinals drop to 6-5. The Patriots improve the 5-6 and and keep pace in a tight AFC wildcard race. The Kansas City Chiefs played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mahomes and Brady was the game of the day. Arguably, it was hyped up as the game of the year, but it wasn't really the game of the year. This was more of... The Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill show live on CBS on Sunday evening. Mahomes had a day through for over 450 yards and Tyreek Hill 200 plus yards receiving absolutely torched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary and I don't know what's going on with the Buccaneers secondary. I mean they were awful on Monday night a week ago against the Rams. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods both went for over 100 And now Tyreek Hill goes for over 200 by himself. The Chiefs had over 500 total yards on the day. The game was not as close as it was 27-24 for Kansas City. I don't know what's going on with Brady and the Bucs, but we'll get to them later on in this episode. The Packers blow out the Chicago Bears on Sunday night, 41-25. Aaron Rodgers keeping it up. And the Packers go to 8-3 on the year. The Bears, after a hot 5-1 start, have now dropped to 5-6. and six. Ouch. Other scores from around the league. The New Orleans Saints defeated the Denver Broncos 31-3 to in a game that was pretty much not even fair because the Broncos were down all four of their starting quarterbacks that were on their roster due to COVID, and they were forced to start practice squad wide receiver Kendall Hinton, who went 1-9 for nine for 13 yards, and 
how could you blame him? I mean, it's a practice squad wide receiver playing starting quarterback against a very good New Orleans Saints defense. I mean, you can't blame him. The only thing you can do is honestly give him credit. I mean, that's a really tough thing to do. What not even just what Kendall Hinton did, but what the whole Denver Broncos offense had to do with no practice reps either. You're finding this out the night before. Hey kid, guess what? You're going to start your first NFL game against the red hot New Orleans Saints who are the number one seed in the NFC. I mean, good grief. The Broncos, I mean, it's very unfortunate what happened to them. I feel their pain. They should have never stepped foot on that field in the first place. The game should have been postponed. And the Saints get away with a free dub. And they improved the 9-2 and and 2-0 with Taysom Hill. But, I mean, it's, it's a bad look for the NFL is what it is. I mean, you, you don't make a team play when they have no starting quarterbacks that they could have played. And not give them any time. It's not like they could have signed someone for a week and brought him in because because of COVID. It's it, it's unbelievable stuff. I mean, you just got to feel for the Broncos. They're out of it anyways. But man, that's, that's, that's as tough as it gets. The Miami Dolphins got back to their winning ways and beat the New York Jets and keep them winless with a 20-3 win without Tua Tagovailoa, who sat out with a thumb injury. Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins stay alive in the playoff hunt while the Jets continue to look pathetic every Sunday and are now 0-11 and and are well on their way to Trevor Lawrence territory. The Minnesota Vikings came back and beat the Carolina Panthers as they keep their name in the playoff conversation. The Vikings go to 5-6 with a 28-27 win over the Panthers. The Panthers lose yet another tight game. The Cleveland Browns beat the Jaguars 27-25 on the heels of another massive outing from Nick Chubb who ran for over 140 yards. How about the Cleveland Browns? Sitting in the top wildcard spot heading into December at 8-3. and three. I mean, Browns fans, Christmas came early. Let's just hope they don't do the most Browns thing ever down the stretch and not make the playoffs. I, I wish them the best. This run game is legit. Kevin Stefanski has done an awesome job. The Browns, let's hope they can keep things up. They got a big one on Sunday against the Titans. The Jaguars, on the other hand, fall to 1-10. and 10 gotta give them credit for fighting every week they really do they're keeping games close but they are also in a tight race for that number one pick in the nfl draft the new york giants beat the cincinnati bengals 1917 daniel jones left with a hamstring injury don't know the severity of that but how about the giants after starting one and seven they are now have won three in a row and are in first place in the nfc east amazing stuff there gotta give them so much credit for that And the Giants, just like that, they are now tied with Washington for first place in the division. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Chargers 27-17. The Bills moved to 8-3. And And then the Falcons smack the Las Vegas Raiders at home 43-6. An absolute disgrace on John Gruden's Raiders as they fall to 6-5 and fall out of the playoff race. A massive reality check for the Raiders, while the Falcons... Continue to look pretty good under interim head coach Raheem Morris. So on to the updated playoff picture heading into the first weekend of December. And I know the past few weeks I have said I think the Steelers and the Chiefs are the best two teams in the AFC. I still think that. The Steelers are still in first place in 10-0. Of course, they still have to play Baltimore. Kansas City sits right behind them in the two seed, 10-1. Tennessee in the three seed at 8-3. and And Buffalo at the four seed at 8-3. and I think Kansas City's the team to beat. I, I've changed my mind. And as much as I just hate to say it and I hate bringing it up because, you know, the Chiefs are just annoying. 
but they're so good. I mean, what they did to Tampa Bay was just unreal. I mean, if it wasn't for one flop against the Raiders earlier in the year, the Chiefs should technically be undefeated too. I still think the Chiefs, as the defending champions, are still the best team in the AFC, even though the Steelers are undefeated and are the one seed. But I still think the Steelers and the Chiefs are the two best teams in the AFC. But Tennessee, I would watch out for Tennessee, though. And if they somehow, some way, play Kansas City in the playoffs, I would watch out for that. The wild card race in the AFC is heating up. Cleveland sits in the five seed at eight and three. Miami in the six seed at seven and four. Indy falls from the four seed to the seven seed. They are seven and four in the hunt. The Ravens at six and four. They still have to play the Steelers. The Raiders at six and five, and then the Patriots at five and six. This wild card, this wild card race is going to be interesting. I mean, everyone has a chance, and right now, I think the Browns are going to get in. The Colts are going to get in, and I think that last wild card spot is going to come down to either the Dolphins or the Ravens. I'm not sold on the Raiders. I'm I'm really not, and. You know, John Gruden and this team, they've looked really good at times. And then they've looked really, really bad at times. So I'm not sold on the Raiders. And I'm not necessarily sold on the Ravens either. And of course, this game against Pittsburgh coming up this week, I wouldn't judge them off of that game, knowing Lamar Jackson's not in that game and a lot of their starters won't be in that game. But we'll see what happens down the stretch there. It's gonna, I think it's going to come down to those last few weeks. The Dolphins play the Raiders in week 16, that's going to be a huge game. We'll see what happens down the stretch in the AFC. But as of right now, I think Kansas City and Pittsburgh are still the two best teams in the AFC. But I think Kansas City is the team to beat in the AFC. Heading over into the NFC, it is a different story now. In the wild card race, that is. Of course, for the division leaders, I think these are the rightful division leaders to be there. The Saints sit in the number one seed at 9-2. and two. Packers in the two seed at eight and three, and the Seahawks, after their Monday night win over Philly, are eight and three as well. And then the Giants sit at the four seed at four and seven. I think this is very accurate. I think the Seahawks, Packers, and Saints are the three best teams in the NFC. They've played like that way for most of the year. I think they've all had their ups and downs. The Saints have been the most consistent. They haven't lost since well, like week week four, week three. They've been on a roll so far. The Packers look really, really good at times, and then not so great at times. But if Aaron Rodgers plays like the way he did on Sunday night against Chicago, that's a scary Green Bay team. And Seattle's the same way. Seattle can catch fire really easily, but then at other times, they don't look that great. But those are still the three best teams in the NFC. On to the good stuff in the wild card race. The Rams occupy the five seed at seven and four, coming off of two big wins and then did not look very good at all against the 49ers on Sunday. The Buccaneers sit at the 6th seed at 7-5. and five. I don't know what in the hell is going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is Tom Brady losing it? Is, is, is Gronkowski not as good? Is this, this defense is clearly not as good? I don't know what in the hell is going on with the Buccaneers. But with a team that has Tom Brady at quarterback... Rob Gronkowski at tight end, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, y- y- you know the whole thing by now. 7-5? and five? I mean, I don't know. The Buccaneers have an easy schedule for the regular season. I think the Buccaneers will end up making the playoffs as a wildcard team. But, but, but take this in. The Buccaneers, if they get the 6th seed, which I think they will, maybe they get the 5th seed. If they get the 5th seed, they're lucky. But if they get the 6th seed, they got to go to Green Bay or Seattle. Maybe the Saints. 
in the first round. That is trouble. You do not want to have to go to Seattle to face Russell Wilson in January or Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau in January. And you certainly don't want to play the Saints for a third time because they have kicked your ass twice. I don't know what's going on with the Buccaneers, but they have an easy ending of the schedule, but they better hope and pray that they end up with the five seed and have to face the NFC East winner rather than play Green Bay or Seattle in the first round. It's tough for them. Speaking of struggles, the Arizona Cardinals looked phenomenal a few weeks ago. Now they have lost three of their last four and dropped to six and five. And because of that, the teams in the hunt all have a chance. Vikings sit at five and six. The Bears sit at five and six. And the Niners sit at five and six. I think the Vikings are good. I think if they catch fire at the right time, which they are with Dalvin Cook, if they get Adam Thielen back, I really like Justin Jefferson. The Vikings could be pretty good down the stretch here. And I feel the same way about the Niners, especially after being the defend. I'm not just being biased, obviously, because this is the 49 away podcast, but the Niners are the defending NFC champions. The Bears stink. They're, they're, I don't even know how they're even five and six. I don't know how they were five and one, but now they actually look like the the Chicago Bears we all thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, which is just not very good. I don't know how they're there. They're five and six. They're just taking up a, a random space in in the playoff standings. You know, if the Bears somehow win a few games down the stretch and sneak into the playoffs, I think it would just be a waste of a playoff spot. But anyways, I think the Vikings and the Niners have a shot though. Things are going to get crazy. The Cardinals, they play the Rams on Sunday. It's a big game. And of course, the NFC East, All four teams are still in it. The Eagles look horrific. The Cowboys just don't look quite the same without without a healthy offensive line, that is. And then Washington and the Giants. It could be between those two coming down to Week 17. Going on to Week 13 and looking at some headline games, there are only a few. There's not a ton here. Browns at the Titans. I think that's a phenomenal game in the early slate. Browns 8-3, Titans 8-3. Two of the best running backs, Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. That should be a good one there. Rams at the Cardinals, a massive, massive game in the NFC West. Both teams desperately need a win. But hey, I love to hear it as a 49er fan. The Rams and the Cardinals in December and someone's gonna lose. I love it. Giants play the Seahawks also in that late slot. I think that game could be interesting. The Giants are scrappy. But I think the Seahawks should still come away with this. The Eagles take on the Packers. I don't even think that's a game. I think the Packers are going to de- demolish Philadelphia. And then Monday night, the Bills and the Niners. I think that's going to be just... I, I, I think that's going to be a great game. I do. I think if the Niners come out and they show out the same team that played against the Rams, that's going to be a good game. And I think they're going to give Buffalo a run for their money. It should be good. And that would now bring us to the Week 12 Weekly Award winners for this week. And we'll get right to it by starting with the Jerry Rice MVP of the Week Award. There were some good candidates this week, including three wide receivers. The first candidate was not a wide receiver. Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team. Big day on the ground. 20 rushes, 115 yards, and three touchdowns. He's actually been a really underrated back so far this season. DK Metcalf lit it up on Monday night, 10 catches for 177 yards. DK Metcalf continues to roll this season. Our guy, Debo Samuel. I've talked about him enough on this episode of what an amazing clutch performance he had against the Rams on Sunday. 11 catches for 133 yards. And then, of course, Tyreek Hill, the cheetah. 
13 catches for 269 yards and three touchdowns. Unbelievable day for Tyree Kill. However, the winner of this week's Jerry Rice MVP of the Week award is Debo Samuel. I feel like he got majority of the votes because majority of the followers, a majority of our listeners on this podcast and on my page of the 49er Way obviously are 49er fans. Debo Samuel's the winner of the Jerry's MVP award, well-deserved. I mean, Debo was unbelievable. He was super clutch. I mean, I've talked about him enough, and what he was able to do was amazing, and he was a massive, massive factor into the Niners' win and played a, and had a huge impact on the game. But personally, I would have given this one to Tyreek Hill. I mean, he wasn't far behind. Debo Samuel came in with 25 votes. Tyreek Hill had 21. But come on, 269 yards and three touchdowns? That is unheard of in today's game of football. It's unbelievable. But Debo Samuel wins this week's Jerry Rice MVP of the week. But, I mean, let's give some love. DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Antonio Gibson, great performances this Sunday. The Bill Walsh best team of the week, the candidates were the Washington football team who are now tied for first in the division after that big win on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. The Atlanta Falcons, who have been rolling lately under Raheem Morris, and they blew out the Raiders at home. The 49ers after their big win against the Rams. And the Kansas City Chiefs who looked really, really good against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The winner of this week's Bill Walsh Best Team of the Week Award for the second time this season. The San Francisco 49ers are the Bill Walsh Best Team of the Week Award winners as they well deserve. I mean, the 49ers were fantastic on Sunday. Offense, defense, special teams. They were tremendous. And they came in on the road after a bye week. And I talked about earlier, you know, how much the 49ers have been through this season, you know, with the injuries, with COVID, with, you know, having to move out of Santa Clara and relocate to Arizona for the month of December. It's 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 been resilient as hell. And what the Niners have done, they well deserve this award. But the Colts have now won the Bill Walsh best team of the week twice. The 49ers have now won it twice. On to the Cody Pickett L of the week award. The candidates were the Dallas Cowboys getting blown out at home by the Washington football team on Thanksgiving. Or the Las Vegas Raiders who got destroyed by the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. The winner of the Cody Pickett L of the week award was the Raiders getting blown out by the Atlanta Falcons and well deserved. I mean 43-6 to to the Falcons? Oh my goodness. I mean, I know the Raiders historically have not done well when they go to the East Coast, but 43-6 to coming off of a week before when they should have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs on Southern Night Football, and then one week later they get like completely embarrassed by the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Raiders, but that was not a good look for them at all. And John Gruden... They got a lot of work to do over in Vegas. And last but not least, the Raheem Mostert Surprise of the Week Award. The candidates were the Buccaneers, who have now lost two straight and three out of their last four, or the Patriots upsetting the Arizona Cardinals at home. The winner of the Raheem Mostert Surprise of the Week Award for this week is Cam Newton and the New England Patriots, who upset the Arizona Cardinals at home 20-17. to I agree, this was definitely a surprise. I was very happy about it. But it definitely was a surprise. I thought the Cardinals would have done a lot better than 17 points, but they continue to struggle a late. So having said that, those are your winners for the Week 12, the 49er Way Weekly Award winners. Of course, you can vote on the polls on the 49er Way on Instagram, of course. Don't forget to give the 49er Way a follow on Instagram 
for more 49ers news and analysis. Thank you for listening. Hope everyone has a great week, and we will see you next week.